0: Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis. And we are on episode 72. Um, and I'm super excited to chat today. We are talking with my friend, Leisha Nicely, and we are talking about hypothyroidism. She is an expert in it. And if this is something that you either have, think you have, this is an episode that you're going to want to hear. Um,
1: just really excited. Leisha. do you want to welcome, first of all, and do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about thyroid health today. Um, It's something very personal to me, as I also have a thyroid condition myself. Uh, I was diagnosed back in 2017 with both Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, and that kind of launched my journey into learning more about natural ways to support my body um, outside of only taking medication, which is usually the only option offered. So I'm really passionate about, you know, helping other people who are in the same position and going through just really being unsure how to support their body and, you know, um, do things the natural way, um, even if they do need medication. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I do what I do. Awesome. Well, yeah. And I'm like,
0: I'm with you. I just, I totally have learned just with all the issues that I've had in my life through fertility, hormonal issues, that kind of stuff. um, Sometimes it's that, you know, that marriage of the more natural approach and a touch of, you know, medicine that really Mm -hmm. does help. And I think people tend to be so one or the other divided, like with so many things in our country and no one seems (laughs) to be like in the middle, you know, like it's okay to not be one or the other. Like, why do we have to all be an all or nothing like on one side?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why, you know, I am also, in addition to being a registered dietitian, I'm an integrative and functional practitioner. And the whole concept of being integrative is integrated, integrating both sides. So absolutely like medication is necessary in certain circumstances, but there's a lot of natural things that, you know, should be included in the conversation as well. And most of my clients, if not all do take an approach of doing both, um, you know, approaches.
0: I love it. That's awesome. Well, let's tell people that are listening. You know, some people may not. Um, some people might be diagnosed, and some people may not know what it even is. And perhaps they're having issues that this might, you know, trigger them to say, "Hey, maybe I need to go get checked." Um, what is hypothyroidism? And then, is it like just one thing, or do other conditions types fall under the umbrella of hypothyroidism?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So hypothyroidism is a term to describe a low state of thyroid hormones in the body. Um, So it it can be temporary, it can be permanent. The most common cause for an underactive thyroid is Hashimoto's. And I mentioned that I have that um, earlier. So what Hashimoto's is, is it's an autoimmune disease, which in this state, the immune system is actually targeting and attacking the thyroid gland. And due to this type of damage, it can cause your thyroid gland to be underactive. Um, about 90% of cases in developed countries, uh, Hashimoto's is the culprit for an underactive thyroid. And some common, and I can also talk about the proper testing to be done because I think that's so important to get the right diagnosis. Uh, but some of the most common symptoms that are talked about and that I've seen and that I've experienced are you know, weight loss resistance and weight gain are like number one. Because the thyroid is the master control gland for your metabolism. So that's one of the first signs is, you know, weight loss resistance, also fatigue. Um, the thyroid regulates our energy production and that can be really impacted for people. So fatigue, um, hair loss, cold extremities, you know, things that are going to down regulate our metabolic function. Um, I've also seen, you know, elevated cholesterol, depression and anxiety, Digestive issues like constipation is pretty typical. Um, So if you're experiencing any of those common symptoms, I highly recommend checking out with your doctor, um, asking for the proper lab work and seeing, you know, getting a good uh, baseline of where your thyroid's at. Yes. And from, I see, I actually do
0: see, um, I see a naturopathic MD for myself for Mm -hmm. my personal stuff and you know, one thing I have learned through, um, through her is that, that sometimes even just, you know, regular medical doctors, like your, you know, general practitioner, like they may not even be super well-versed in, yeah, they can check your thyroid function, but there there's like so many tests that can help check that. And I, in the past, I have had like one test and my NMD like came up and she's like, no, no, you need this. You need this. You need this. Like, so it's, it's also understanding that, um, Maybe your general practitioner is like step one, but perhaps reaching out to more specialists and people that can really dive deep into your thyroid function is important because I, I did not know that there was so many things because she tested like my main and, and she's like, oh, no, it's totally fine. And then, <laughs> you know, when you deep, dig deeper, perhaps it's not as fine as you think it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's something I see commonly. As doctors will test TSH, which is um, that stands for a thyroid stimulating hormone. It's actually a pituitary yep. hormone, and that's the most common. That's what doctors go by to assess if your thyroid is under or overactive. But like you said, there's more things. There's antibodies to screen for Hashimoto's, and then there's also uh, screening for the exact thyroid hormones, whether that's T4 or T3. Um, so that's why you know a lot of hypothyroidism can. Be misdiagnosed or, you know, not discovered is because just because your TSH is quote unquote normal, doesn't mean everything else is. And the other thing I like to mention is Hashimoto antibodies can be elevated for years prior to impacting your thyroid gland. And if you want to catch it early, that's why I recommend always screening for those antibodies before a lot of damage is done to your thyroid gland.
0: Yes. Um,
1: yes. It's kind of like, you know,
0: like you can, it's the whole thing, you know, with so many things like cancer, like you can have cancer for a really long time before you even know Mm -hmm. you have it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, that's a very good point. Um, and I think too, like we're, I think we're getting closer to, I think, integrating the natural approach and kind of diving deeper Um, versus just like the standard medical approach that, you know, we've had for so many years, but I still think there's a lot of work to be done. I mean, personally, I have experienced, you know, issues. And before I started seeing my naturopath, like I didn't, you know, I I was still having problems and my doctors were just like, I don't know, you're fine, whatever. (laughs) And, you know, and she's a medical doctor. My naturopath is a medical doctor. Like she's trained. She knows it's not like, you know, I think some people have this like idea that naturopathy um, goes hand in hand with like the random guy in the street corner that popped open a shop, you know, it's like, right. no, <laughs> it's not all, you know, that it's so, you know, you have to look at somebody who's, you know, trained, you know, and you know, like you, you have multiple, you know, levels of training. So that's another important thing that makes sure you're seeing the right person. You're not just going to this influencer online who says they can help you with something. And I'm an influencer, so I get it, you know, but I'm also trained in certain things that I know better than other people. And it's so important to get the right, the right person dealing with, especially something like thyroid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point too, because, um, and you know, I am a registered dietitian, but. Most dietitians are not trained specifically in thyroid health. Um, In college, that's not an area we went into depth with. I mean, we briefly glossed over it, but that's why I decided to get functional and integrative training to better understand autoimmunity, you know, chronic inflammation, thyroid disorders at a more in depth level. Um, In addition to living with the disease, I feel like that adds a layer of empathy. Yeah. Just true for anyone, you know, I find that a lot of experts and practitioners who specialize in a certain area, I typically have gone through something very similar that themselves. And that's why they decide to, you know, really help that community.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's totally true. I mean, that's kind of why I have, you know, I have my business that came from my experience with my husband's health. So, um, Mm. absolutely. So that's super, that's awesome information, um, when it comes to symptoms. So, you know, just because you're having one of these symptoms, doesn't mean it's a thyroid problem. However, um, you know, I, a lot of these symptoms are. So if you're curious, make sure you go check that out. Um, so let's move into like what you, you know, really specialize in and what kind of like naturopath, like, what do you do when you, when there's somebody with hypothyroidism, like Hashimoto, whatever it is, like, what is it that you do, um, to get started on a path of healing?
1: Yeah. So mainly what I do is, uh, so hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's along with all autoimmune diseases are most of the time a byproduct of lifestyle. It's kind of a, you know, disease of modern living, if you will. So that's why we want to take a really close look at the individual's lifestyle, their habits, their stressors, their nutrition, and figure out what needs support. Um, It looks different for everyone, but there's definitely common things that I see often. So, you know, it can be anything from like really poor sleep to, you know, not managing stress to a poor diet, um, to nutrient deficiencies, to other things that might be causing some inflammation. And, you know, I really do like to individualize it for the patient that I'm working with. Um, I also have group, Programs and online programs that are more general, but still a lot of information to help people better understand the condition they're living with, how to support their body, and a lot of answers that I find people just aren't getting from their their general practitioner, or even endocrinologists don't seem to go in depth, unfortunately. So people get really frustrated when they see a specialist, which is an endocrinologist, and they're not really helped. So I've tried to help fill the gaps um, for those areas of education and support. Um, But yeah, it does vary person to person. um, And that's why I I do that, because I find customization is what helps people the most.
0: Absolutely. And especially with all those things you mentioned, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like some people may be getting great sleep, but They do not manage your stress very well, or they have a great diet, but are never sleeping. And Mm I, and I'm just, I too have really seen how much that can affect you, especially stress. And the last couple of years have been really stressful for most people.
1: Yes, definitely. So stressful. And that's like one of the biggest culprits, I would say, for autoimmunity is stress, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, it can really worsen the condition because it can, you know, cause the immune system to further be imbalanced and cause this chronic inflammation that can just kind of wreak havoc. Um, So really, I do love to help my patients and my clients build self-awareness. Because you should be an expert in your own body, and I want to teach people how to do that so they can be a better advocate for themselves, so they can better know how to make the right changes, and build a sustainable health plan for the rest of their lives. You know, you don't want to um, be sick forever. You want to learn how to take care of your body properly.
0: Absolutely, and being an advocate of your own body is like, seriously, is the, um... What can I say? Uh, it's the biggest, I think, lack of what we have, and putting our bodies into other people's hands is—it's so important to be part of that team because, you know, in all fairness, a doctor has hundreds of patients, and while they do their best, they're also humans, and they also have human error, and they miss things. And when you inside, you know your body the best. Nobody knows
1: it like you do. Mm-hmm, definitely. You yeah, know, I couldn't
0: agree and, more. Yeah. And it's, it's not anybody's fault when, you know, something's misdiagnosed. It's more like, you know, either their lack of education or just they missed something. And I mean, if you think something's wrong, keep going to somebody until you find the, the, the cause because most of the time there is something wrong.
1: Yes. And I always tell people, look, you can fire your doctor. You can get a second opinion. This is about your health and that's okay. Some people are kind of timid or afraid to do that, but like I've done it (laughs) to get the right answers and the, you know, find a doctor who is willing to work with me. And, um, yeah, sometimes you just, you have to push forward. Like you said. Yes. Awesome. Um,
0: so what are some foods that are good for hypothyroidism? What are some things like when it comes to diet, like things that we can be doing?
1: Well, um, some broad things that I think can apply to almost everyone, um, and I'm sure most people know this, but I like to reiterate it, is whole foods. Um, Even if you think you eat healthy, I like people to take a close look at their diet and see, you know, how many Whole foods, single ingredient foods, are they are they eating compared to maybe some more processed foods, and how are those foods impacting them? So whole foods, especially you know your colorful plant foods, are excellent. They offer antioxidants, polyphenols, fiber, all very important for health and gut health. Uh, high quality protein. Um, whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, or you know an omnivore, you know if you can, I, I do believe animal products are um, very healing if they're good quality. Um, but if you want to be vegetarian, vegan, you know, same thing applies, you know, getting good quality protein, getting enough and then healthy fats are also, you know, don't be afraid of fat. Fats are very important for hormone health, um, to absorb certain vitamins and that should be incorporated into a diet as well. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, everyone's a little bit different. Some people need more carbohydrates and, and more protein where some people might meet, need a higher fat diet. Um, and that kind of goes down to genetics and lifestyle. Um, but focusing on those areas is a good place to start. Um, and then you know, I always get asked, should I be gluten-free? Should I be dairy-free? Um, again, it kind of depends on the situation. If you have Hashimoto's, I usually recommend trying different types of elimination diets or eliminating specific foods to see, does it help your body? Do you feel better without a certain food? Um, because, you know, some people do need to be wheat-free and gluten-free and some people don't. Um, but with autoimmunity, it's, it's worth investigating because uh, you really do want to focus on your gut health. You want to focus on anything you can do to help reduce inflammation. Um, same for dairy, you know, same type of thing. And um, soy is another one that can be an issue for people with thyroid diseases. Um, So those are, those, those are kind of some general rules that I go over. And then when I work with people, one-on-one, we get more specific to them as an individual. Yes. And that's such a good point. I mean,
0: generally, yes, dairy, soy, and gluten can all cause inflammation and some, you know, some people, but for some people it doesn't. And I I found, you know, in my later life, I mean, I've just a year ago or so uh, found that I need to be um, 100% gluten free. I can't do gluten anymore. And perhaps I've never really been able to handle it a lot. But as um, now, it's like, Now, if I have it, I feel my, from my sinuses down my throat into my esophagus, like all the way down my stomach. I feel the inflammation like that. And it feels like I have acid reflux. Like it's, it's very apparent that, um, gluten is not my friend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, so is there any foods that make hypothyroidism worse or is it really just like you said, you just kind of have to test and see.
1: Uh, yeah, there are some foods specifically, uh, those foods would be called goitrogens and what those are, those are foods that can cause a goiter. And what a goiter is, is swelling or enlargement of the thyroid gland. Um, and goitrogens are components in certain foods, which I can list them off that prevent the thyroid from uptaking iodine. Iodine's, uh, crucial. It's absolutely necessary for the thyroid to build hormones. So if that's missing or being prevented you know, from being used by the thyroid, the thyroid will actually swell and become enlarged. um, And that can be its own problem. So goitrogenic foods, the most common ones would be your cruciferous vegetables. So that's your Brussels sprouts, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, kale. Um, But it's not that you can't necessarily eat these foods, it's you wanna avoid having them in high amounts in their raw state. Um, So fortunately, because I love all of those vegetables, um, you can cook them and that greatly reduces the goitrogenic um, component or content of those foods. Um, There's some more foods too, um, but those are kind of the main ones that I have people just be aware of because I don't want to make, you know, um, their thyroid have to work harder. Um, Also, it can be exacerbated in the presence of low iodine. So if people aren't getting enough iodine in their diet or supplementation, it can make that whole situation worse. So that's something that, you know, I educate my clients on and try to educate also through like social media. Um, But other than that, you know, it really does come down to tailoring it. Um, I still want people to know they can have the foods they love. And, you know, but it comes down to like, most of the time you should be eating a whole foods diet and nourishing your body. Um, but also food is pleasure. Food food is, you know, a very social thing. Um, there's a lot of culture to, you know, meals and cooking and eating. So taking that away is going to affect your health too, your mental and emotional health. Um, so it's all about that balance. It's all about what's going to work for you long-term. That's really important to you, because if you do something too restrictive or not sustainable, then you're not going to stick to it. And what was the point? (laughs) You want something that's going to last and that, you know, is enjoyable and also healthy at the same time. Absolutely. Cause I'm totally with you. I
0: mean, we, I run a plant-based website, but I am a very, um, plant forward, balanced plant-based person. I am not an all or nothing. And I fully believe that, um, by if you, you know, try and follow this a hundred percent vegan diet or whatever, and it brings you stress, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. So what's the point of Mm -hmm. doing it in the first place? So,
1: um,
0: I really hear you on that. That's awesome. Um, so anything as far as drinking goes, like, is there, um, things you should avoid like alcohol? Should you be drinking a certain amount of water, um, other beverages
1: that might cause an issue? yeah uh, some beverages that I do like um filtered water is number one plenty of you know good clean filtered water. Um, a lot of people do i find benefit from adding electrolytes, especially if they are eating a whole foods diet. they have removed a lot of processed salt or sodium from their diet that you still need high quality salt <laughs> that's very important along with magnesium and potassium, so electrolytes, whether it's through a supplement or even just making your own with. I love coconut water, um, lemon, some pink Himalayan salt or, you know, Celtic salt, whatever you have for like a high quality that can be really helpful for, you know, energy and proper hydration. Uh, Bone broth is another great one for gut health. Um, You can drink it by itself. You can cook with it, make soups with it. Uh, Let's see. Herbal teas are good. And I also like kombucha tea. That's a fermented tea that can add some probiotic benefits, uh, again, for gut health. And, you know, dairy-free milks in moderation. Um, And when it comes to the conversation of what should I avoid or limit, I always tell my clients, well, you guys are adults, so if you want to continue to drink alcohol or you want to continue to drink coffee, um, that's fine, but I try to educate my best on why you may want to limit or reduce For alcohol, you know, some alcohols contain gluten. So that's an issue if you're avoiding gluten. Um, They're very high in calories. Some are high in sugar. So, you know, I, again, I know that drinking is a very social thing and it's very um, enjoyable, but if it's a habit and it's you're doing it too frequently, it could be, you know, it's, it's work for the liver and it is a known toxin. So you want to be careful for how much you're drinking, especially when you're, really focusing on healing, supporting your gut health, supporting your detox pathways and your liver. Um, I usually recommend cutting back um, and just making smart choices around drinking. And then for coffee, um, same thing, you know, reducing can be beneficial in certain situations, such as people who have a lot of stress, if they have blood sugar imbalances, if they have poor sleep, um, adding a stimulant like caffeine, um, and some people drink it in place of meals, which is also not good, but you know having that and relying on it for energy is not something I recommend. And most of my clients who cut back, you know, they have more energy. And I have done this, you know I love coffee. I always tell people I really love coffee, but I've taken periods throughout my life, a few months at a time to either cut out coffee or reduce greatly. Um, this was true for when I was pregnant and also breastfeeding, you know, I felt really good without coffee. Um, But if you do want to drink caffeine and coffee, I typically recommend keeping it before noon, um, having with or after some sort of meal, and sticking to one or two cups a day seems to be safe for most people. Um, But overdoing it, like I said, being overly reliant on coffee is not going to be favorable for your hormone health. Yes. Well,
0: in general, yeah. And same with alcohol. I mean, I think the whole Mm -hmm. alcohol thing is just for a lot of people. I mean, if you drink socially, but if you're drinking a lot of drinks every single day, there might be other underlying cause in there you might want to take care of.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. You don't want to use those things to be coping because it can start to harm your health in other ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and then
0: other than that, it just... I guess, sleep in um, managing your stress, right? I mean, doing all the things that making mm-hmm. sure you get, I mean, I know that ideally everyone is different, but ideally for me, I love eight to nine hours of sleep. That doesn't usually happen. It's more like seven to eight, which is still <laughs> decent. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I'm sure, you know, you with a baby right now might be a little different for you and your stage. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and stress again, like we talked about, stress is one of the biggest things and I fully believe that stress is like a huge cause for a lot. So um, yeah, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, Well, thank you. This has been so um, just informative. I, so I have a good friend who has Hashimoto's uh, recent diagnosis and um, I really um, wanted to get this on there, especially for her because it's, you know, as an adult, so many of us like are discovering these things as like older adults, and it's kind of a shock, you know, you have your whole life and you're like, wait, what, what's happening now? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a change. It's hard to, to change as adults. So um, just appreciate you coming on and sharing all your knowledge with us. And um, yeah, just thank you for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed, again, it's really my passion to educate people and support them and help them um, because, you know, hypothyroidism affects so many people. It's such a common uh, disorder and condition. And I just want people to, like I said, to to thrive and learn how to take care of themselves. And and that's why I do what I do. Awesome. And those of you um,
0: listening, if you go to the show notes, the write up for this, you'll, there is a link there, Um, for Alicia's free guide. So make sure to download that and get in touch with her if you have any questions or need some support. But thank thank you. you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks to all my readers for, listeners, not readers, listeners. (laughs) I'm on a podcast right now. Um, (laughs) Thanks to all my listeners for being here. If you love my podcast, I would so appreciate a rate and review. It really helps get my podcast out there and get amazing guests like Alicia to give you guys information, um, real information that is not, you know, your rabbit hole Google search online. So Mm -hmm. I really pride myself in getting the real stuff on here. Um, But thank you and just appreciate everyone here.